And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We'll be getting to Kenny Kim here momentarily. Lunch with Kenny Kim as we look at breaking down the 2021 Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayacoba down in Mexico. But before we get to that, I just want to say a quick thank you for being here, for watching this episode, for subscribing to the Stripe Show podcast. And if you haven't, please leave us a ranking and a comment as they help tremendously. We just had our biggest month ever in October, Stripe Show podcasts, subscribers, downloads, comments, rankings. We appreciate it. We're on our way. We're having a blast. So on behalf of myself, Froggy, Samantha, thank you for being here. Tell your friends. We've got a great slate coming up here in November, starting right now, here, today, with the free plays of the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba, the one and only Beating the Bookie. What's up, guys? It's Beating the Bookie, back to give some free plays for this week's Worldwide Technology Championships at Mayakoba. The PGA returns to Mexico this week for a stop on its international tour. Now, last time out, last time I gave a free full card, we had some success in Las Vegas as we nearly swept the board we hit Rory McIlroy outright winner, and we won 28 units. That means if you bet $100 per unit, in just four days, you made $2,800 for free. All right, we'll try to match that this week, but it will be pretty tough as we set the bar pretty high on Travis's show. Now, all of my bets are between one unit, which is a minimum play, to five units, which is a maximum play your biggest bet possible. Now, the units in between two, three, and four, you can figure out that on your own as it's not too tough. All right. Now, I will get started with some top 40 bets. You can find all these bets on FanDuel. I used FanDuel for all these odds. So if you want to get the same odds as me, make sure you go check out FanDuel. All right. The first thing we're going to get to is top 40. The first guy I like in the top 40 is Mr. Vegas. Johnny Vegas plus 160 to finish in the top 40. That is a two-unit bet. So two units at plus 160 will return you 3.2 units. The next free play is Ricky Fowler plus 100 at one unit to finish in the top 40. So one unit will win one unit. The next one we have is Patrick Reed at minus 150 for two units. That means you will risk three units to win two. All right. So you've got to risk three to win two on Patrick Reed, but all he has to do is finish in the top 40, which he should as he's starting to turn his game on, starting to turn around from his sickness, get better. And I think Mexico is a great place for Patrick to finish in the top 10, but we're just going to take top 40 at minus 150. The next free plays we have are top 20 bets. Now these, you just need a golfer to finish in the top 20 for the weekend. It's pretty self-explanatory. The first we have is Justin Thomas at plus 120 for two units. That means you're betting two units to win 2.4. You guys kind of get where I'm going with this two win amount. All right. So two units to win 2.4. That's Justin Thomas plus 120. The next we have is Tony Finau, one of the hottest golfers to end last season. I think Mexico is a great place where he can pick his game back up and give himself that kick in the ass where he's going to have a great 2021 season. So I think Tony Finau finished in the top 20 at plus 120 for just one unit. 
The next free play is Abe answer top 20 finish at plus 125 for one unit. So one unit wins 1.25. And again, that's Abe answer plus 125. Finally, our last top 20 play is Aaron Wise at plus 160 for one unit. Now, you guys will remember we hit Aaron Wise at plus 550 for top 10 in Vegas. He's slightly better favorite here at only plus 160 for top 20. But I like Aaron Wise to finish in the top 20 at plus 160. He is the runner up last year here. I think he will get it done. As we talked about before, Aaron's playing some great golf, and I think he continues it this week. Now, the next play we're going to do is just to win the outright tournament. So just one tournament winner. I'm only picking one. I'm going with Justin Thomas here at plus 1,600. Now, he's favored on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he was plus 1,600 behind Abe Answer. So I'm going to go with the value here. I'm taking kind of the tournament chalk, but I like how JT finished last season. I think Mexico is a great place for him, a place that fits his game very well. So I'm taking JT at plus 1,600 for just one unit. So one unit would return 16 if he won, which is the same odds we had with Rory McIlroy. So maybe that is a good omen. The next play we're going to do is a top nationality bet. That means this player has to be the best player from his country. Now, the first country we're going to do is Scotland. So top Scottish player, we're going to go with Russell Knox at minus 175. All he has to do is beat Martin Laird, which he should. And we are doing that play for one unit. So that is Russell Knox to be the top Scottish player at minus 175. The next is another top country. We are taking Sergio Garcia at minus minus 145 to be the top Spaniard. Sergio is by far the best Spaniard at this tournament, the most experienced. And I think he's going to play well in Mexico. He usually plays well in these early season events. So we're taking Sergio Garcia minus 145 for one unit to be the top Spaniard. Now, the final nationality play we have is the top Australian player. We're taking Lucas Herbert here at minus 130 for one unit. He only has to beat Matt Jones. So I really like our chances here. I almost made it a two unit play but it is a one-unit play. If you want to play it for two units, go ahead. I think this cruises to the finish line. I think it will be an easy victory for Lucas Herbert. Finally, we're going to get to our most popular bets that I have given out on Travis's show, as we've hit, I believe, four of these. We're going to do first-round leader. Now, for the first-round leaders are slightly different than most of my other plays. These plays are less than one unit a half unit, or a quarter of a unit. So whatever your one unit is, say it's $100. You're just going to take half of that $50 and bet it on these half unit plays or a quarter of that $25 and bet it on these quarter unit plays. So we'll first start with Tony Finau, round one leader, plus 3,500 for a half unit. Uh, Tony's a hot starter. I like hot starters. That is a requirement that I require for all of my round one leaders. So we're taking Tony Finau plus 3,500 for a half unit. So you'd win 17 and a half units if he was the round one leader. Next, we're taking Justin Thomas plus 2,200 at a half unit. So you would win 11 units if he won. Now the next three, the final three plays are a quarter of a unit. Taking Matthew Wolf plus 5,000. So 50 to one at a quarter unit. You would win 12 and a half units if Matthew Wolf was the first round leader. Next, we're taking Sergio Garcia plus 5,000 at a quarter unit. 
So you would also win 12 and a half units if Sergio is the round one leader. And the final one is another guy that we supported earlier, and now we're going to support him again. He hit this bet last year for me, and we're going to take Johnny Vegas plus 8,500 to be the round one leader at a quarter of a unit. So you would win roughly 21 units if Johnny Vegas is the first round leader. Now, if we hit any one of these first round leaders, we are profitable for this round one leader bet. So I'm liking our chances. You know, we do very well on these. And I think we have what it takes to get one of these. Make sure you guys write down all the free plays. All right. I'm not going to go back over them, but we have quite a amount. We have uh, three two-unit plays, um, a bunch of one-unit plays, and then the outrights. I really like this tournament. The field is pretty deep. And I want to thank Travis for having me on this week. Good luck, guys. And I will see you in a few weeks. Have a great tournament and see you later. And joining me now on his lunch break, got him away from the grind. I know, you know, maybe it's a good day or it's a bad day. You're dealing with employees, you're dealing with vent, whatever, right? It's like, let me step away. We talk about some golf. He's really good at it too. And he joins us here again on the Stripe Show podcast on a Tuesday. Kenny Kim, how you doing? Hey, good, Travis. Always happy to be on. It's been uh, a not so great day at work. So okay. talking about golf for 30 minutes of lunch, that's going to improve my day. <laughs> well, let's get out of here because we've got a good field. Uh, this is no longer the OHL. This is now the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. The golf course is El Camillion Golf Course. And ironically, Kenny, it's designed by Greg Norman. I have a feeling that this might be the last time we see this tournament at this course. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with all the stuff going on, it's possible. Possible. It's definitely possible. It's a pretty easy course. Uh, these guys, uh, they're going to make a lot of birdies here. Par 71, uh, probably looking at just under 7,100 yards, 132 players, probably a, a full field. Looking at 65, top 65 and ties making the cut. A little bit of trouble off the tee here. You can certainly get into some trouble, but not a lot of rough, um, fairway rough. You know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of penalty there. I mean, you certainly want to be hitting it from the fairway. Uh, pretty good size greens. You know, we need a ball striker here, right? Get in there in some proximity and pass pal and greens. Um, you don't see this a lot. It's kind of a warm weather grass, of course, down in Mexico. Pass Palum, I get the question, you know, pass Palum versus Bermuda. Um, you know, pass Palum, to me, the ball tends to sit up a little bit more. Uh, you get those cushier lies. You know, in Bermuda here in Florida, like you can get in places where, the ball gets in the rough and it just sits at the bottom past palm, you know, ball will kind of be a little cushier and kind of sits up. So um, what kind of player are we looking for here? We need, uh, we need to make some birdies, don't we? Yeah. Birdies. I mean, accurate off the tee. I, the thing about this course is like you said, you know, you don't see too many drivers. I mean, on the par fives course, but I mean, it, it's basically a less than driver course, but you know, you, you think that. And last week you figured it was less than driver as well. And you see three bombers out there, head driver, Danny Leach, Gambo going out there and going full Bryson uh, out there off the tee in Bermuda. But, I mean, you know, uh, accurate accurate off the tee, a good approach game, uh, lots of birdies since the weather's supposed to be nice. I mean, you know, you can get some tough conditions here right along the Caribbean Sea, but it seems like the weather's going to be pretty, pretty good for the events. So you're going to see a lot of birdies. Yeah, it was interesting last week. You know, Taylor Pendrith can bomb it. You know, I've, I've talked about Pendrith a lot on the podcast 
um, from Canada works with Derek Ingram. And I made the comparison. His game's like a little bit like Bryson in that, you know, he's great driver, great putter, iron game. Eh, okay. Planned out pretty good from Lucas Herbert. He was on the podcast um, earlier in the month and decided to go play Bermuda. Oh, nice Guy that can spray it off the tee, you know, a little bit, usually can be a little bit crooked, but kept it together. So it was kind of an interesting week, you know, last week. Now we, we roll into this week and, and to your point, um, the guy that you met, you just have drawn a blank there. Um, another good driver of the ball, but kind of a bomber. And it just, it kind of worked out to be that kind of little bit of a driver's paradise on a course that maybe you wouldn't think otherwise. Now we come here less than driver to the guys just continue to bomb it out there. Got JT in the field. Uh, you got Hovland in the field who is pretty long and accurate. You got Finau in the field. Maybe he just takes a driver out and red asses it all week. Who knows anymore uh, with the driver in hand and how accurate these guys uh, can hit it. So let's get right to it here. Hovland, of course, the uh, defending champion 2020. Brendan Todd won it back in 19. Kucher back in 18. Always remember here, Kenny, you're going to borrow a caddy. Better leave him a tip. Yep. Better leave him a really good tip and payday because it's going to come back to bite you if you don't. That, that stained my views on Kucher for life. <laughs> Definitely. I worked in the service industry prior to this job I have now for over 20 years. Uh, I relied on tips to, to, right. to live, uh, to pay my rent. And, and after that little escapade with uh, Caddy Gate with Kucher, uh, I lost all respect for Mr. Matt Kucher. Yeah, it's uh well anyway, we're not we're not gonna get into that. Let's get into the field <laughs> right now. DraftKings, of course, we like to use their pricing and we always start at the top end. Uh Kenny and I will go through this. We'll give you some yays and nays on who we're looking at. You gotta fill out your own uh lineups. We like to fill out multiple lineups. We also like to place some win tickets, maybe some top twenties. We'll give you some advice when it comes to that as well. Did I see that you could place a bet in Florida now on the hard rock app? How about that? That's what I heard, but I hear that it's only one book. So you're not really getting the best numbers out there. I would guess they yeah. do the same thing in DC. Okay. Uh, in DC, the government controls all the sports books. Uh, so they have one it's, it's managed by the DC lottery. Uh, and let's just say their numbers are a little short. Uh, compared to other books. Uh, so I still I still have a lot of friends uh, that live in the D.C. area who still drive to Virginia to yeah. place their bets. Yeah, it's a, it's a start. It's a start. We're getting yeah. there here True. Uh, in Florida. True. All right. Top in here, JT's in the field. Justin Thomas, 11,200. Uh, Victor Hovland, defending champ, uh, 10,900. Remember, JT was here last year, finished T12, as did Abraham Anto at 10.7. Finau, 10.6. I'm going to take a good look at Finau this week. Terrell Hatton, 10-3. Horschel, number two, raced to the bye, 10,100. And there's Brooks Kepka at 10,000. Fade. All right. Where are you going to go here? Top in. Give me a name or two. I mean, you know, answer seems like the obvious choice uh, just because, you know, the, the whole thing, of course, history has been here. Good. He, his game seems to fit this type of course, accurate off the tee, good with the irons, uh, plenty of birdies uh, out there, plenty of draft game points. I mean, in the last 50 rounds uh, in my model, he's first in draft game points and first in birds, but again, in the field in the last 50 rounds. But my favorite play when it comes to tournaments uh, this week on DraftKings is going to be, Tony Finau. Yeah. Uh, I think with the, th with the three guys up top, I think you're going to see a little bit of deflated ownership 
uh, with Tony, you might get them 12% or less uh, in large multi-enter GPPs. And when you look at his game and you look at his numbers, uh, I mean, there's nothing really right home about when you look at his last 50, 50 rounds uh, and the stats you're looking for. But when you put it on short courses, basically less than driver courses, uh, his, his stats tend to improve. A lot more birdies, uh, a lot more DraftKing points uh, comparatively than when, uh, you know, you don't put that short course uh, filter uh, on your model. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think he's third in birdies. Uh, in the last 50 rounds on shorter courses. And Abe was for shorter courses as well. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I just like – you think of Tony as a bomber, maybe he puts that stick away a little bit, uh, hits that three-wood, hits that, you know, a little bit of some irons off the seat. He can still get along out there. Uh, good iron play and, and gets the job done this week. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going in in the opener there. Like, you know, just, just because you see 7,100 yards doesn't mean – but you default to the plotter. Right. Yep. Not going to be a bomber's course. Um, you know, these guys, they're probably going to hit their driver a little bit more, even on some of these tighter windows. We're seeing that it just doesn't matter. They got a lot of confidence in it. And, and, you know, Fina is a player that can certainly sting out that long iron out there too, and hit it 275, 280, you know, no problem right down the middle. I, I, I like it too. You know, I really do. I, I 10, six female is my favorite play here uh, in the top. He's right now, you can get him around 20 to one. Uh, to win JT, certainly the favorite at 11 to one, you mentioned answer at 16 to one, you know, Hovland, uh, when you look at him last year, when he came in and he won this, it was the OHL. Of course, uh, you saw some growth in a short game. You saw some growth with this putter. I think he was much more consistent from that standpoint. Well, he's no, he can go from ball striking, but you look at him, you know, coming in this year and gosh, I hate to say it, but I think you're seeing that regression here a little bit back to where he was around the greens on the green, certainly not the player he was coming in last year at this point, great driver, great iron player. Um, can he do enough with the putter? He did at CJ cup where he finished 18th, didn't hit the ball that well, but outside of that, his putter has been very, very chilly. So I, I think I'm going to kind of move away um, from Victor and the answer is certainly going to be popular. We know that. And, but Finau to me is the guy I, I think at 10,600, I like him. I think he's going to make a lot of birdies. He was T eight here last year. Tony Finau, how about it? Get your second win right now in Mayakoba. Technically, I guess it would be his third win. I know people don't count Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, excuse me, his third win. I'm sorry. His third win. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he can do it too. I bet him 20 to one. Uh, he's my favorite play in that range. So uh, yeah. we're, we're on the same boat uh, when it comes to that top level range this week. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yes. His third win. That That's right. Second win in this calendar year. Nine thousands. Scheffler. Yes. Ninety nine hundred. Top 20 back in 2020. Aaron Wise. I really like. I like what I'm seeing with Wise here. Finished second here last year. Patrick Reed. Great finish. 64 on Sunday. Last week, he's at 95. Shane Lowry in the field, 93. Matthew Wolf in the field. Good to see 92. Zal Torres, 91. Gooch, interesting name, 9,000. I'll kick you off here. I'm going to go with Aaron Wise here, and it's going to be for the opposite of what I just said with Hovland. You know, the thing that holds Aaron Wise back historically is the putter. He's a nice driver. I'm not going to use the word great. He's a nice driver of the ball. 
nice iron game. Uh, I think his short game is, is good. His putter can get really chilly for a long period of time. But I got to tell you, Aaron Wise here in the last two to three months has slowly started to put some momentum together here with the putter. And he looks much more comfortable. Eighth at Shriners, fifth at the CJ Cup. He checks the box for previous, you know, playing well here in the past, course experience. I like Aaron Wise a lot. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny the way he's been playing. I mean, you're right. The putter has been probably he's been putting better in the last few months. I mean, you see a lot of positive strokes gained for events, uh, you know, maybe even half the events of his last 10, which is a lot more than he usually has. Usually just a consistency of, you know, negative strokes gained putting uh, right. for Aaron Wise. But yeah, but he has he's definitely improved in that. I mean, he's looked really strong in the fall. So I can't fault you uh, for, for taking Aaron Wise. For me, it's a little too expensive for and especially with the names around him okay. uh, but you know I, I think a lot of people might be thinking that way uh and so you could get him again at, at lower ownership again because i mean i don't know how many people want to click aaron wise at ninety six hundred dollars when you have scheffler kepka reed lowry uh right by him uh we'll see i mean you know people nowadays that play DraftKings a lot sharper than they were when i first started uh, so, you know, the ownership could be more than I expect, uh, but uh, he's not going to be one of my favorites this week. See, I think, you know, Reed certainly is going to get a lot of play, you know, the way that he finished at 95. Scheffler's got the name value. You, look, you know, I look at Scheffler and Wise. I mean, Scheffler certainly had a better career, although he hasn't won yet either, and he was very good um, at the, the Ryder cup and particularly when he beat John Rom. So that's going to stick in people's mind. He's going to be popular. You look at him though. I mean, like wise and Scheffler stroke can't tee to green. I think Aaron wise is as good personally. I think they're they're They are very, very close tee to green. Now the putter has held Aaron wise back historically and Scheffler's a more consistent putter. I think wise now figuring that out. I'll put wise right there with Scheffler. He just doesn't have quite the history yet because of, how bad that putter has been. So I'm comfortable with wise there. You go down to the bottom 9,000. Anybody interest you there? I mean, Shane Lowry, um, you know, can he do a, is this, is this the kind of course for a Lowry? Do you think, I mean, they're not going to get a lot of win here, at least historically. Um, this is, you know, a place that kind of plays pretty straightforward weather wise. Um, you know, Matthew Wolf's there. Zalatoris is there. Is Gooch ready? to take the next step. He's been showing some form. Uh, he's, you know, I, I like Scheffler. I like Reed, but Gooch might be my okay. favorite play in this range. Also. Uh, I mean, he had his form just as good as Aaron wise uh, in the fall so far coming off a fourth, 11th and, and a fifth in his last three events. His iron game has been incredibly strong gaining, you know, around 14 strokes with his approaches in the last 12 rounds. He's played tee to green. He's been great around the green. He's been good. Even his putting. Uh, has been really, really solid uh, yep. during the fall. I mean, everything you could say about Aaron Wise, you could say about uh, Taylor Gooch, and just with a little bit cheaper, uh, with a little bit of savings uh, there. So, and, and again, I, you know, I think no one's going to click Gooch. I doubt it. Again, another guy who, when you look at the names around him, it's hard to click it. But right. with that type of savings, I think that he could be someone that you play instead of Aaron Wise, uh, you know, I don't, in, in this 9K price range. Can I sell you on Aaron Wise? 
<laughs> I, I, look, I mean, every everything that he's done, it makes sense. I do not yeah. blame anybody yeah. uh, for for playing uh, Aaron Wise this week. The guy's been playing exceptionally good, uh, yeah. but I just rather play Reader Scheffler in that top range. Well, and I might be setting up uh, the podcast on Thursday too, and just that you know his coach Jeff Smith will be coming on the podcast. So I'm kind of like, you know, that's part of it. Very small gotcha. part. The other part is that I do think there's been a tremendous amount of growth there with Aaron Wise, and it, the, the stars kind of line up. And I just think that he'll be a decent play with the names around him. I think he'll he'll be, you know, he, you'll you'll get him at where everybody else is going to be going for some of these other names like a Scheffler and a Reed. And I agree on the bottom end too. Gooch is one that I circled right away. You know, I circled him right away. He's playing some really good golf here. Fourth at Fortnite, eleventh at Shriners, fifth at CJ Cup. It feels close. It feels yeah. close with Gooch. You know, it really does. I mean, his driver's been a little clunky at times, but his iron game, to your point, really good. His short game, you know, Gooch could be a little underrated around the greens too. I mean, he's a he's really crafty um, in the short game. And you know, hey, I look at his numbers. Could Gooch just be that one really good putting week away from getting a win? Like, could he just go plus five here one week? And if he does, if he goes plus five and has that great putting week at Fortnite or CJ Cup, he probably wins. So, you know, that's how close he is, that one great putting week. You agree? It could be easier on these slower greens. Yeah. Uh, You know, they're not very hilly. There's not too much slope. There's not too much undulation. I mean, the green's a little bit elevated. Uh, they have false fronts, but you're not going to see, you know, uh, tough reads. I mean, it's going to be flat-ish and slow, yeah. which usually favors putters who haven't been the best putters in their career. Aaron Wise? There you go. Hey, it can work. It can right. work. You're not going to bet everyone. All right. I got it. I got it. All right, let's move on here. <laughs> Do you feel like you are constantly overshooting greens or coming up short because you choose the wrong club? Well, if that's the case, today is your lucky day because I'm proud to announce my brand new partnership with the boys over at Pinned Golf. Their brand new Ace Rangefinder is amazing and it's only $199. I've been using it for a couple weeks now and I was blown away with the quality. It has a slope technology, pin locked vibration technology. So you know exactly when you are locked onto your target tour lever accuracy. And best of all, it is powered by a USB charge so you can forget about those little batteries. Every other rangefinder makes you buy. One 45-minute charge lasts you 50-plus rounds. I love it. Our friends over at Pin Golf are hooking up all of our listeners with $25 off and free shipping when you use code STRIPESHOW. That's code STRIPESHOW. I'm telling you. For $175, you simply cannot beat the Ace Rangefinder. Head out over to pingolf.com and get yourself the Ace and get dialed in. 8,000. How, how do you play Cameron Tringali at 25 to 1 to win? I mean, how is that even possible? How can you make that bet? No, you can't make the bet. I don't mind $8,900 for DFS, but the bet just, no, I can't do that. I mean, Reed is, I got Reed at 35 to 1. <laughs> that's what I mean. How do you, how do you pull that trigger? I don't no, get no, it. That's, He's 28 that's, to one. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah it's still, that's not happening. I, I got read <laughs> 35 to one yesterday morning. There's no way I'm doing that. that DFS wise. Yeah, it can make sense. Uh, I mean, this yeah. game's pretty, his game's pretty decent. It seems like this is his type of course. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger. I know my co-host on the fantasy golf general podcast, uh, Tyler Tambourine. He's a fan of him. 
uh, okay. this week, and he's a pretty sharp guy, so sometimes I like to listen to him. Uh, so you know, uh, yeah. but I, I, you know, I I didn't really think of him too much until Tyler said something. Yeah, he was well. You got to remember, he was T second at Zozo. So I mean, last time we saw him, yep. um, eighty nine hundred. There's Fitzpatrick, eighty eight. Sergio in the field. First time we've seen him since CJ Cup, eighty seven. Ricky Fowler, um, eighty six. Man, we were Ricky Fowler's back. T third at the CJ Cup, and it was like, uh oh, Zozo. He was. Not clean. Uh, McNeely, 85. Norin, 84. Interesting name. Bradley, 83. There's that Henley, dude. 82. Mito, my boy, 81. And then Bezedenhout at uh, 8,000. Mito, T30 at Bermuda. And then Bezedenhout was T57. What do you got there in the 8,000? Yeah, I mean, Henley seems like, you know, the guy when it comes to the numbers with his iron play. Uh, to green, really strong par fours. Uh, you know, he fits a lot of greens. It seems like he's the perfect uh, match for this course. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't pan out. Uh, but, you know, he looks like the one guy that really sticks out uh, in this uh, in this uh, 8K range, especially when it comes to shorter courses. I mean, uh, you know, one of the best approach players out there. I think he's first in strokes game approach for – he's been there for a while. Uh, and it doesn't change when it moves to shorter courses. Tita Green, he's been great. Um, you know, he just can't get over that little hump and actually get a W. Uh, he, he he seems like the man when it comes to uh, just looking at straight stats uh, this week. So I think I, would, I think I would just go with with, with what I see uh, on my model and go with Henley as my favorite player. Well, I mean Henley, you know, he's you know iron game. He's right there. You think all right when you say strokes and approach, you think of Morikawa, you think of JT. Like Henley's right there with him, you know. I mean, he just doesn't, he just doesn't get the credit. So um, he doesn't win. Doesn't win. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't win. Yeah. Um, but from a ball striking standpoint, he'll he'll probably go toe to toe right those with those guys um, from an iron perspective. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, in the eight thousands, I'm struggling a little bit. Do you want to see more from Mito? Is that a name that you you know? Beautiful swing. We know he's got a lot of skill. Is that a name you, is that a guy you just want to see more of before maybe you put him in more lineups? I mean, anyone that's won three in a row in a single year at the Corn Ferry, you know, I mean, Iron Play, of course, he's unbelievable. I mean, if you look in this, the, the, the events he's had, you know, he's gained what more than five strokes with his approaches. I mean, ball striking, he's going to be fine. I think at some point in time, he's going to get that W. The fall is a good point for it. Yeah. I, I just, I don't really know why I'm not, the, I don't roster him that often. I, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's because, of the popularity that he usually garners mm-hmm. uh, and especially within our industry. And like, you know, especially this time of the year, the people who play DraftKings, uh, you're not going to find too many fish uh, out there that play in the fall. Everyone, all the fish are playing football. Uh, I'll tell you that, you know I mean? Like, so, so it's pretty sharp guys that play DFS uh, in the fall. It's basically degenerates like me uh, that, that do all the research and do everything and they see what he does. And I, you know, I, for a young guy like that, I like to see something that he would do on the, on the, on the PGA tour. But the thing is, you know, I had a whole host, uh, Brad Master Smith on the pod, uh, co-host of mine. He always said, you gotta, you gotta get it, get them a week before, you know? Oh, I mean, you know, get catch, catch golfers early. Uh, and so, you know, maybe, maybe it's time for him. Maybe his ownership would drop a little bit after, you know, a couple yeah. of, you know, three outside the top 30 starts. Uh, it could be his week. We'll see. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you said, he's won three times the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, very impressive swing. Like you said, he can go ball striking wise. Um, yeah, you know, he, he's a, he, he's going to be a fun one to watch, you know, I think into next season as well. Get some, get some reps underneath him here. Gosh, in the 8,000s, what about Fitzpatrick? 8,800. We know he's playing some nice golf right now. Not a long golf course. He's a player that can keep it in front of him. You know, he'll be hitting his driver. He'll be keeping it in front of him off the tee. Um, is he a guy that can do enough with his iron game? He's interesting at 88 to me. He really is. Um, in the way that he's playing, showing some form. It could work as a DFS play. The thing about Fitzpatrick, and this is just going to be my bias, you know, I'd rather ha- have him in events where you're not going to score quite as high. I mean, the average, even, even in windy years, I mean, even if you include the windy years, the average, the winner average is about 25 birdies for the event. We've seen as high as 28, 29 birdies win this event in the past. When it comes to that many birdies, um, I just don't think Fitz fits in that type of, of round now, if, if the weather changes, if it is going to be windy, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, a lot of their cor- a lot of the courses inland. Uh, so you don't really get all that breeze from the sea. Uh, but it looks like the weather is just going to be absolutely beautiful uh, this week. And the scoring is going to be extremely low. And whenever there's a really low scoring event, I usually just don't get on board with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah. You look at last 50 rounds birdies. Let's just talk about that for a second. You know, Scheffler leads that. Um, with the most birdies, Hovland second, Aaron Wise is third. Perhaps you've heard that name to this point. Um, <laughs> in the eight thousands, gosh, you got. I tell you, in the last fifty rounds, you got to go down. Like I'm not, in, I'm not in love with the eight thousands. No, yeah, I mean, Henley's like the only really the main guy. I might play Maverick, but McNeely's probably in the last fifty rounds made the most birdies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you look at his stats, strokes gain total in the field, last 50 rounds, he's 12th. So recent form, you know, I mean, I, I McNeely to me, I agree with Henley are probably my two plays. Yeah. We're on the same boat here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's, that's where I'm going. I'm not, I'm not in love with the eights. In fact, I'm moving on because I think there's some names here that I like in the sevens, frankly. Bots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frankly, way better as we kick off with Justin Rose at 7,900. Let me say that again. Justin Rose, 7,900. <laughs> wow. Too many commercials, Kenny, too many commercials. Yeah. And too many commercials, not enough golf and not enough top finishes. I mean, if you look, one, two top, he's had what, one top 10 in his last six events, seven events, something like that. Uh, pretty good at the majors. Uh, but outside of that, really poor on, on non-major events in the past year. Uh, you know, the skill level, of course, you know, is there, but he's getting up there a little bit of age. Yeah. Uh, it seems like maybe the golf isn't as important uh, to him as it once was. You know, he's pretty much straight, uh, you know, when it comes to, making a living he he'll, he's going to be fine i i'm just i can't really judge based i don't know him personally so i'm just taking a wild guess is why we see him on every commercial on you know every commercial break on the golf channel uh yeah whatever the tournament is going on so i don't know maybe he has other stuff on his mind but i, I can't buy into him quite yet yeah i can't either and even 78 my goodness i mean 
a guy that you you know ball striking wise i mean i, I would he's top top 20 in this field um can he do enough with the putter um Seamus power i gotta tell you i find myself warming up to Seamus power a lot he's been good to me um 7700 and gosh i you know i i like his game i i gotta tell you i really like Seamus power's game i don't know if this is the spot for him but i feel like i feel like Seamus power is moving in the right direction and is going to be a name we are going to continue to see a lot in the first page of the leaderboard as we roll into next year. Hoffman at 77, Ortiz at 76, Woodland 76. Would you would you stop me on any of those names? Yeah, I mean, Neiman makes sense. Uh, I know like when he plays less to driver courses, his accuracy isn't usually the best off the tee, mm-hmm. uh, but he improves a, a good amount uh, in off the tee. I think uh, one, somebody PGA tout on, on Twitter had a stat where it says, uh, you know, in this field, he, he was like 90th when it comes to driving accuracy with no filter. But then when he uh, goes to uh, short courses, less than driver courses, he jumps up into the top 50. So now like a 40 point, 40 position uh, raise, uh, you know, with his driving accuracy on shorter courses. I think he, I think he's played pretty well here in the past. Uh, I think Neiman makes a lot of sense. I like power too. I can't go wrong with power. Lots of birdies. Yeah. That guy, that kid makes a ton yeah, of does. birdies. Uh, you know, that is something that you're going to need uh, this week. And I like Ortiz. I, I sort of like the home crowd narrative this week because I mean, I'm going to be playing answer this week, even though Fina might be my favorite player. I'm going to be playing a lot of answer, and I'll be playing a lot of Ortiz. Both of those guys have been playing. I played here very, very well. You would think that the, you know, the, the whole narrative there's a narrative where it's hard to be in front of your home crowd. I mean, we've seen um, Decky yep. do it you know, just a couple weeks ago. And I think these guys have, have performed extremely well on this course in front of their home crowds. Uh, they're going to be cheered on tremendously. I think they can use that to their advantage. Uh, and I, I like Ortiz also Yep. in this upper 7K range. Yeah, I like Ortiz as well. I'm just looking at uh, some of the odds here. Seamus Power, 80 to 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got Ortiz eighty to one. The biggest number that I yeah, saw Ortiz that might have been one. off, uh, that might have been off is actually right underneath. It's going to be Lucas Herbert, the winner last week. I mean, it's not like this guy. I know there's a big narrative when it comes to golf. Guys get their first PGA Tour win, you sort of fade on the next week. Uh, now the thing about him is, is you know he's won a Euro Tour, Euro Tour on a pro level mm-hmm. uh, before. The last time he won was just this past year. I think it was the Irish Open. The following week, he finished fourth and fourth in Scotland. Uh, you know, I, I think, again, you wouldn't think that his game would fit in this course, uh, but we didn't think that last week yeah. either. And if he's just going to ride momentum, 130 to one on DraftKings. Wow. Uh, wow. That seemed outrageous to me uh, for is. a guy who had just won. Yeah. I clicked that button immediately. I don't know if the numbers dropped. Uh, this wow. was yesterday morning when I, when I made this bet, but I, I got about 130 to one. Yeah, to your point, Ortiz, he's played 24 rounds here. He's in the top 10 um, as far as strokes chain total. So he's an answer is 12 to your point. Um, you know, we're getting to some names here also that have done really well. Billy Horschel's played this golf course very well also. Um, but there's Emiliano Grillo, you know, at 75. He's a guy that's played well here. Perhaps those slower greens, the point you made earlier, um, has, has helped Grillo here. Um, in the past, he's 
75. Ian Poulter is in the field at 75. We talked about Lucas Herbert, 75. Interesting guy. We had him on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, you should go listen to it because he's, he, he's, a, he's an interesting guy and his goals and the way that he goes about it. He's like, look, I'm just, just trying to be me and like, I don't need to be this or that or the best player or like top, you know, I'm just kind of, <laughs> and we talked to him right when, right, like when he committed to go play in Bermuda too. So it was interesting timing. So we kind of like to feel like we had something to do with his win. Um, there you go. The podcast <laughs> bump. It's always true, right? Yeah. Always so it was, just, it was a bump. kind of a, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a refreshing interview, you know, cause sometimes when you interview players, you, you get the cliches, you get this, you know, it's kind of, you get some consistency, but with him, it was different. He's 75. Patrick Rogers, who, well, was Patrick Rogers last week, uh, 74 Vegas, man, 74. He just, I know you run these models. Johnny Vegas, his name just pops up. Doesn't it? I mean, he's, there he is. Good ball striker. Harold Varner, 74. CT Pond, interesting name, 73. Had one, 73. Russell's played good here, 73. Showed some form last week. Um, certainly uh, can do it uh, on a course like this. Harmon, 73. There's Cooch, 72. <laughs> Streelman, 72. Pendrith, what a week last week, 72. Anybody, any of those names? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I like- Stop me, talk to me. I like I like Knox a lot. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, he had he had a really good week last week. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have Willie Wilcox back on the bag uh, this true. week, but it, it seemed to do well, especially on Sunday, jumping in uh, in those tough conditions, shooting I think four or five under, uh, which is a pretty good round. His course history here is I think unblemished, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's played here eight or nine times, never missed a cut. Uh, you know, you're looking at you know a guy who can make the cut and hopefully finish inside the top twenty. Um, you know, to help your GBV lineups. I, I do like Russell Knox a lot. Um, uh, down here, other guys, CT Pan, he burned a lot of people yeah. a couple weeks ago. He was, he was sort of a, uh, a favorite a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I think, you know, another par 71 short course, Harbor Town, and this is where a Pan won. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy you can get sub 8% sub 7% that can win you a GPP can also miss the cut, but sometimes you have to take risks when you're down here at these lower prices. Uh, and I like Matt Joel Dahman uh, down here at, right at the seven K marker. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, another guy whose baseline stats improved greatly on, on shorter courses. Um, and, you know, he won in, where was it? The Corrales, uh, another seaside course, short course. Uh, I could see him as a, as a nice value play at 7,000. Yeah. I like CT. I, I think CTs could be, he's got a couple of top twenties here uh, in the last three years. Uh, you, you mentioned Knox. He was 12th last week. I think Yeah, it was T he was tied for 12th. Um, and Vegas, we talked about, he was top 20 here last year. Rogers good week last week. He was top 20 here last year. Um, you know, Kucher had his win in 19 and then he goes T14 in 2020 Didn't play last year. Uh, and now we're getting down here in the 70 100s and there's Shank who ran up the leaderboard there a few weeks back. Stenson in the field, Brendan Todd. He likes this place. Won it in 2020 T8 last year in Odare. I say we'll be on the podcast tomorrow to give us the full breakdown and update on how the course is playing nice, and what's going to be happening there. So join us tomorrow froggy with Brendan Todd live 
in Mexico, Luke List, 71. He's missed the cut here four straight times. Doesn't feel like the Luke List kind of golf course. Matt Jones, seven. Stalling, seven. Adam Long. Come on now. Adam Long has finished third and second. I think he's averaging the most bird, like top five most birdies per round at Mayakoba in the last three or four years. Uh, yeah, he's definitely someone uh, to keep an eye on. I think he had decent finish last time out. I don't remember last time he played it, but I think it was a top 25, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, yeah, I, I'll be playing him. I'll be playing him along with Dom and down here uh, right at the 7K range. I, I like them both. Uh, when you look at Stallings, I mean, the guy played I mean, what a round. Yep. on Sunday. Uh, yep. That was incredible. Maybe he could bring that motivation and that feel goodness. You know, a lot of times when you play golf, it's some, sometimes you just got to feel good about yourself and play well. And, uh, you know, around the 60, what, 62, 63, when the average score was 72 uh, for the round, uh, that, that can go a long ways in your performance the next week or the next round. Yeah, he was, he was, he tied for fifth at Bermuda. Uh, Adam Long was T25 at Zozo. Yep. Brendan Steele was T second at Zozo last time we saw him. Um, so I think Steele's going to be popular. Yeah, I think Steele. Steele Norlander was top twenty at Zozo. Uh, another name is in. Well, we're getting to the sixes here in a minute. Let me. I don't want to jump the gun here, but yeah, gosh, I you know I I feel like I feel like there's three names that you know I kind of follow here that I I think are are going to really they're going to do something. I, I'm a big fan of Seamus Power. I think he's, he's coming. I've talked about Penrith a lot over the last couple months. You could clearly see his upside last week. Um, I feel like Stallings is coming too a little bit. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Stallings play well again this week at 7,000. I, I, I tend to really like him. And then we talked about Taylor Gooch. I feel like there's a win coming for Gooch as well. Um, but yeah, I think you get down here in the low sevens. Stallings is is very appealing to me. I mean, it's tough to overlook Brendan Todd. I know he's hasn't exactly been the kind of guy that he was when he was winning a couple of years ago. But man, he's going back to a course that he clearly loves and feels very confident with. It's interesting on these slower greens, right? I do think it tends to help some guys like Emiliano Grillo, guys that are not great putters. Brendan Todd's a great putter. The dude could probably putt you know, on any surface, um, because he's that great of a putter, you know, he's looking to get back to where he was. Um, you know, Pat Perez, interesting name. I just have a hard time pulling the trigger with Perez, but I agree with Knox 73. I think he's, I think he's going to be a good play. Um, and then as you get back up into those higher sevens, you know, power and Ortiz are probably my two guys up top there. All right. Six thousands. There's a lot of plays, you know, in this seven, six K range. I mean, yeah, there is. It can, it can lead to, you know, so I mean, you could do like, you know, a couple of guys up top, Hovland, answer and do sort of stars and scrubs. Like we said, we both don't really like the eight K range. It can lead to yeah. a lot of those type of lineups this week. Absolutely. I think that's, yeah. that's my philosophy this week. All right. Let's, uh, let's give a name or two here in um, the six. I'll start 6,900. <laughs> Tom Hoagie. Oh, he's playing good. Yeah. You know, T14, T32, T7, last three. Um, why not? I mean, Tom Hoagie, 6,900. Let's just keep this train going. He finished third here last year. 
sign me up. Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I, I think he makes sense. I know I know Tyler liked him a lot. I mean, I like the guy right at the same price. So Danny Lee showed me something last week. Yeah. Um, you know, you the thing about Danny Lee is when you when you think of when you sort of think of sort of like a head case. Uh, you saw what he did at the U.S. Open with the six-seven putt, then withdraw. Uh, you know, you you've seen him withdraw from Monday cues and stuff like that for having four holes. It sort of seems like he loses his focus uh, very very easily, and you sort of saw that uh, when he had a lead at the Bermuda on 12, 13, and 14, that 45 minutes, it seemed like he just lost his mind uh, the way he was playing, playing so quickly. And usually when something like that happens to Danny Lee, you know, he's going to lose five, six strokes for the rest of the round. Uh, what really impressed me last week was he came back. He bounced back from that. Birdie, like a, a bunch of the holes towards the end, got up uh, up in place, had a chance even at the end. Um, you know, and that really – showed me something about him because it just showed that maybe he's getting that sort of mental aspect a little bit, a little bit stronger. Uh, and so, you know, after what, he ha- what happened last week, I can go back to Danny Lee uh, at $6,900. I think he was 150, 130 to one. Also, I, I put a bet down on, on him. Um, so yeah, I, I can get down on board. And I like Chris Kirk. Uh, if you're going yeah. somewhere up top, it seems like that type of game, uh, his type of game would fit this type of course. Yeah, that's an interesting name, Chris Kirk. You know, I'll go back to these birdies here a second. Who's making the most birdies in the 6K last 50 rounds? Keith Mitchell. Making the most birdies. Keith Mitchell, excellent in par five scoring. Uh, gives himself a decent amount of looks and strokes in off the tee. Last 50 rounds in the field, he's first. About that, Keith Mitchell. Yeah, he's strong. Yeah, usually Georgia I consider more longer courses. You know, he, he yeah. hits the bomb off the tee. Yeah, that's true. Troy Merritt. He looks like he's. This is just six thousand. I'm just going through birdies here. Troy Merritt second. Garrick Higgo's third. Higgo not quite the same player right now as when I was cashing win tickets on him earlier in the year. Um, Trey Molinex, these are just some names coming up here just to give some people some feel. If you're looking for that guy who makes a lot of birdies uh, in the 6,000, recent form coming in 6,000, Danny Lee, no one's showing better form than him in the 6,000. He was T2nd last year. Danny Lee's got longer too. <clears throat> Worked with George Gangus, and he's, he's definitely put some length on um, off I that mean, T-ball. Some, some of those swings look like a mini Bryson, a mini Asian Bryson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pounding ball out there. I mean, like you saw it. You're swinging out of his shoes, and they were going yep. straight. Yep. Vincent Whaley last week, T seven. Um, yeah, I like kid. Whaley. Yeah, makes big a kid, lot of cuts. Whaley. Huh? Makes a you lot like of cuts. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. He I makes too. a lot of cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of showcasing him earlier in the year in his game, um, talking about the emergence of him a little bit. I like Whaley. I want to see a little bit more consistency out of him, but, or um, just a little more like with all 14 clubs consistency out of him. But yeah, he does make a lot of cuts. I, I could certainly play him at 6,700. Uh, Graham McDowell. I was on him last week. Proved out to be nice. T12 comes over here. And then uh, recent form, in the 6,000, 6,500, Davis Riley was T7, and so was J.J. Spawn last week, uh, T7, and so was Peter Maldotti. Yep. I can't play Peter Maldotti. just can't do it. 
I mean, I, just, I, I, I did last year a, a lot. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, you know, known as one of the better putters out there. The iron game's actually been pretty strong, and his putter's been struggling. Usually when it happens, you would expect the putter to come back, and this is when you play him. But for some reason, I can't get on board with him either. But I, I'm with you on uh, – you know, on a couple of other 6,500 guys, you talked about Spawn and uh, Davis Riley. I like I like Riley's game. I like uh, he looked pretty good on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some other names here: Schwartzel's in there in the six thousands. Um, Adam Svensson. I, I find myself kind of going back to Adam a lot. Like, you know, like I'm kind of waiting. I you know I, I can play him at 63. As I well. want to see what Ted's. I want to see how Ted Scott helps him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you get Bubba's old caddy on the on his yep. bag. Maybe that helps his game a little bit. He was T twenty two last bag. week. Yeah, proven winner on the bag. I like Adam Svensson. I really do. Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I think he's going to be. He'll be he'll be my other pick there at down here at sixty three. I want to click on real quick here in sixty five hundred. Sam Ryder who. Finished seventh at Zozo. Um, nice guy. We had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Find myself pulling for Sam Ryder. I'm probably going to pass here this week on Sam Ryder. But those are some names there in, in the six thousands. I, I think I yeah, stars and scrubs, or however you want to look at it, is is certainly going to be the way that I'm going to go about this. You can go all the way down here. To just real quick here, recent or you go down here to who's played well here on this golf course. Bryce Garnett pops up at 65. Uh, Anabon yeah. Lahiri has played well here at 6,100. And so is John Huh at 61. Yeah, I so, like Garnett. Uh, I'm going to be a fan of Garnett this week. I'll be rostering yep. a, a good amount of him. Mm-hmm. Joel Damon guy tends to, Yep, I like I like Joel a lot. Joel's played good here at seven thousand. Yeah, those are those are some guys that have, have have played well here at El Camillion Golf Course, designed by Greg Norman. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that as we finish up here, Kenny? What do you think that this this Asian tour going to get off the ground? They got all the money in the world, you know. They're 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 talking. Look. It's the Asian tour, right? I mean, Wade Ormsby. Names, right? No, they're not going to get names, are they? I mean, like, is it going to is it going to grow? I mean, the stuff he said in an interview is just so bad. Like the one, I think it was with Daniel Rappaport, right? Um, yep. I mean, just talking about the women in Saudi Arabia and like, it just seems so oh, off base and, and out of touch and almost money hungry. I don't want to say that, but I mean, like, you know, I mean, yeah. that that's, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's not, it's, it's not. Yeah. Well, look. I had Daniel on before we interviewed him and we talked on Monday on the pod and it was interesting, just kind of some of the angles that, you know, to take with Greg and he played it pretty close to the vest as expected. But, um, you know, I just kind of, you know, like, I, I mean, everyone knows what's happening here, right? Like, and it's probably more of a personal endeavor with Greg with the tour. And now you get the Saudi money backing it and they're just going to throw money at it. Right. To get the big names to come over. I tweeted Wayne Ormsby, who is the leader on the Asian tour right now. is going to be playing for some serious bank. 
you know, when they, on the Asian tour, because I just don't see enough of these players going over. And frankly, you know, how much clout does Greg Norman have? Because this is going to come down to Greg and whoever else talking with players and trying to persuade them to come over. Right. I mean, and how much money can you throw at them to the overcome this the moral compass? Yeah. Right. And I think, I just don't think there's going to be enough. There's going to be some, but I don't think there's going to be enough that's going to really make an impact. And, you know, of course, like Jay Monahan the, and, and the commissioner is going to, they're going to do something. They're going to put some parameters on and there's going to be some legal things, but even if he didn't, even if he's like, you know what, go knock yourself out, go play for him. You know, it fizzles a lot. I just don't think there's going to be enough guys that are going to go do that. And if they did, eventually it would, you know, pewter and they would come back, you know, strengthen the Asian tour. That's great. You know, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's going to be too much of a reputation, uh, uh, tarnishing people's reputations. Yeah. I mean, you already see like one of the big things about Bryson was his talk about the Saudi people still bring that up nowadays. Uh, you know, the stuff he said when he was played over there and like, you know, it's, it's just the reputation that, 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 that country has, um, whether you agree with it or not, it, it just puts sort of a stigma uh, on players that will go over there and play, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I agree. Kenny, I appreciate it. You spend the time here on the lunch, lunch break. You're going to have a better afternoon by the way. And um, so. tomorrow we've got Brendan Todd. He's won this thing. He's played very well here the last two years. He's on site. He'll be joining us here on the Stripe Show podcast tomorrow. Kenny Kim, you're the best. Thanks, man. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest Gold-Rated Elixir and Low Compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 